The Viewpoint with Songhezo Mapete on Mondays and Tuesdays, 8 till 10 p.m. Yeah, good evening, Miss Joan van Dijk. Three health ministers have failed South African nurses. Your thoughts on that? Is that true? If so, how? Good evening. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, so the, the particular failure that we're referring to in this article is a failure to update the, the rules about what our professional nurses in South Africa are allowed to prescribe to their patients. Um, nurses are legally allowed to train uh, to do a course to um, prescribe medicine to people, but that stops at Schedule 4. Um, and it's something that activists have been fighting for for years, since at least 2011, um, to get that, that list broadened um, because there's so few doctors in the country and in places where there aren't any doctors around, that means the patients are left without, uh, without access to a lot of these um, important medicines. It's part, it seems that this might change soon because the health department now wants to combine HIV care and mental health care. Um, and so they want the nurses now to to be able to prescribe those antidepressants and also medicines for substance, substance use disorders. I suppose there are some serious considerations that have to be taken into account before such a decision is made. And in part, not necessarily exclusively, it may be why this hasn't changed as per your article since 1984. The kind of training one would have to undergo to be able to dispense medication is specific training. It's specialized training, and it is an action that attaches serious civil potential claims on, if not the individual dispensing, the entity from which that individual dispensing is representing, in other words, the Department of Health in this instance. So let's have a conversation as to what might be the reason behind the standoff in terms of Mm -hmm. the obligations that are attendant to one who dispenses and or prescribes medication. Yeah. Um, the thing is that the, the health department got so close to, to changing the rules. Um, they really were very, very close in, in 2011. Um, it was all written up there. Um, and all that really, when regulations change like that, it's not, it's not something that has to go through parliament. Um, it's, uh, there's still a public consultation process, but it's, not, it's more administrative than anything else. So that process was basically ignited and done, but just the three ministers now haven't basically, you know, finished it off and allowed this to happen. Uh, when it comes to how, how will we upskill nurses to um, do this, they already, if, you, if you're, there are different kinds of nurses in South Africa, and professional nurses already have a psychiatry um, unit in their studies. So they um, already have a little bit of background, and of course this wouldn't happen without training. Um, the health department has trained professional nurses to prescribe anti-HIV uh, medication before. Um, that's been uh, a largely successful project in that they are able to manage the, that kind of treatment. But uh, the research shows that the, the lack of supervision in, in, in um, clinics can sometimes knock nurses' confidence, for even if they've got the training to kind of um, make that training into, into you know, real care. So there are some, um, th- yeah, there are some things working in this, this policy's favor, and there are some things that um, could, could kind of hinder this, 
projects. Does it sound like categorically that the Schedule 5 and 6 medication that nurses currently cannot dispense with, if that ban were to be removed, there would be sudden capacity or even confidence in the nurses and among the nurses themselves to move in this general direction? What I then propose to do is to engage that after the ad break because there are clearly some issues that need to be sorted out before we move for obvious reasons associated with health and related liabilities. The time is 2041, everybody. We're having a conversation as to an article penned by Begisisa titled, Three Health Ministers in a Row Have Failed SA Nurses, and the reasons as to that are because they can only to date dispense schedule one, two, three, and four medicines, not five and six. At least that is the way to go in terms of mitigating, if you like, the well, they're not so great healthcare outcomes in relation to waiting time. This is obviously also a measure taken to meet the general shortage of doctors, even though the jury is out on that. Many doctors in South Africa remain unemployed, and then that becomes a secondary conversation as well to what we're having this evening. Your thoughts, 86 2032 Make a call, please, and we'll certainly engage you after the break. You are listening to Songhez Omabete on SAFM. We are back. We are live. We are on SAFM. Song as on my bed in conversation with Joan van Dyke, health journalist and news editor at Begisisa. Now, this would obviously, let's assume all things were equal here, Joan. It would certainly help the backlog in the dispensary of critical medication to a large number of patients who access public health care facilities especially. This is clearly not an issue so much for the private health care sector, but it certainly is for the public health care sector. Do we have the kinds of numbers or the kinds of anecdotes that we can offer to justify why this move is necessary? We'll go back in a short while as to the efficient, I mean, the the, the adequate training or skill or capacity of the nurses themselves to move from four to six. But on what is potentially the benefit for the public health care system, certainly a critical measure here would be the ter- the quick turnaround time in the dispensing and accessing of healthcare medication on the part of the consumers or the patients? Yeah, I think we, we the reason for this policy change would be kind of shortages on, on two sides, uh, two kinds of specialist shortages. Um, there aren't enough pharmacists and there also aren't enough um, psychologists um, and psychiatrists uh, that kind of counseling isn't available either. South Africa has a really high burden of um, common mental health issues. Um, and it's a, it can be a real um, barrier to people accessing healthcare early. And so the reasoning in this particular health department document about why, why health, you know, um, mental health care should be brought closer to people is because, on the one hand, it could prevent infections of HIV and TB um, because people who are depressed and anxious are more likely to um, engage in risky behavior, smoking, um, unprotected sex, that could lead to more infections. Um, And people who are on a separate group, people who are on TB and HIV treatment are also more likely to um, battle with their mental health as well, whether it's because of stigma or because of the actual um, effects of the medicines, which can have quite harsh side effects, especially in TB. So this is a, um, it's kind of, it's not something that we can really neglect. Um, the mental health problems, especially if you think of a, of a group like sex workers, transgender people, if, if they 
mental wellness in those groups especially um, make them also more likely to look for healthcare earlier. The same with, with teenagers. So this is a huge project to kind of mix HIV, TB in primary health care services with mental health care. It certainly would be a response to the national quadruple burden of disease, of which HIV and AIDS is one of them. But currently, let's assume Joe Partler does indeed complete the final steps required to promulgate these regulations. It still wouldn't immediately be available because of the necessary training that South African nurses would still be required to undergo. That then becomes a serious conversation that has to be had. How much time are we anticipating, let's assume from the policy perspective, everything were to take place, how much time would it take for the practitioner now, for the nurses themselves, to have the necessary training or to do whatever is necessary for them to be compliant per schedules five and six dispensary? Yes, so so we have a little bit of, of experience and history with that when South African professional nurse, nurses were upskilled to, to roll out ARVs. Until about 2010, um, only doctors could do that. And then um, a, a training module was set up, and there are different ones depending on whether you do a government course or whether you do uh, one supported by one of these international nonprofits. Um, it, it's about a six month online course. Um, and uh, some of them have, have practical um, elements as well. So there is already a kind of system to set that up, and the World Health Organization already has some um, guidelines and training modules for, for, for that South Africa could use. Um, yes, so that's, that's how the, the training goes. How much go. time would it take to get the nurses currently to be in a position where they could dispense? these schedules five to six the only time frame that i've heard you make reference to is six months so in other words the only difference then if everything from the policymakers' perspective were to come right it would still take a minimum another six months is that what i hear you saying yes at, uh, yes at least um the plan in the health department documents is for this to be up and running within the next five years so they they say about 2028 and they want nurses to be able to help at least a quarter of a million people who need mental health support. They want professional nurses to be able to manage that. How so many nurses are currently in South Africa? In the um, public health care space? I'm, oh, I don't have a number for you on hand. Um, it, is something, it is something that people are concerned about. Our professional nurses are already quite stretched in, um, in public health facilities. And say, say, okay, so now they're allowed to, to prescribe SSRIs, but uh, antidepressants, but who is going to dispense that for them? The, the, and the fact that the health department is planning for them to both prescribe and then play the role of the pharmacist is going to put immense pressure um, onto nurses as well. I'm asking these questions really because I'm trying to understand what this headline actually means. Three health ministers are in a row have failed SA nurses. Where have they failed them? Because if they did what you propose they do, formalize the rollout of the regulations, it still isn't a facility that would be available, that the nurse is now in a position to do what? Dispense Schedule 5 and 6 drugs. Now, mm-hmm. it, you said it takes at least six months. At least means it could be longer. And it probably would be longer if resources and the availability of them is contemplated in the mix. That's why perhaps there's a conversation of a five-year plan to 2028. 
where exactly then is the failure on the part of the ministry here? Mm-hmm. So it's a failure on the health department and the, and the nursing council to, to get this up and running because everything around it already exists. So if this one regulation would change, there are a lot of, uh, of the, lots of the infrastructure is already there and there's a lot of the evidence and half of the, half of the political world is there as well. It's just kind of this administrative bungle at the end that has, that has meant that they can't really serve patients in, a, in the right way. And um, this is have particular um, impact on, on cancer patients as well. And um, before, I mean, now in, in the health button documents, they're saying, let's help um, people with mental health conditions. But the, the failure has also been, has been coming for a long time. Um, and nurses haven't been able to help those with cancer pain and treat them with something that's strong enough to really keep them comfort, comfortable. I'm, I'm talking about morphine. And people have been fighting for this for years. So there's really there's really no reason for this not to already have been in a in a further stage than it is now. Let's take a short break. We return after the break, where we take it to the top of the hour. Song is on SAFM. We continue the conversation with Joan van Dyke. If you are sufficiently involved or moved to participate in this conversation, please do so. Oh eight six. Triple zero twenty thirty two. That's the number to dial. Of course, you can drop us a voice note or a WhatsApp note on oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. Joan, you mentioned earlier on that, and you brought in the South African Nursing Council, whose mandate, as far as I understand, is to regulate the nursing profession by establishing and maintaining, among other things, nursing education and training, as well as practice standards. Of course, they also advocate on behalf of the public in matters concerning nursing. So in other words, the patient experience at the hands and instances of a nurse. What currently prevents the nursing council for making sure that the training takes place now for the inevitability of the migration or the increased capacity to move from Schedule 4 to Schedule 6 on the nurses dispensing the medication. What prevents the Nursing Council from doing that? Well, at the, the, the reality at the moment is that it's illegal to train them to prescribe. It would be an illegal thing for them to do at the moment, to, to do the training for, for antidepressants. That is interesting. Training for something that is on the cards is being touted to which the regulations themselves, I mean, the regulations are drafted. It's just a question of whether or not the regulations are released for public comment, for signature, and ultimately it being a legal institution. Why should the training not take place? The training doesn't mean at the end of the training it's an automatic license. Is, is, is it not self-defeatist not to increase the capacity in anticipation of the inevitable? Mm-hmm. I think that's what people are really hoping for, the fact that this, this is finally, this change of regulations is finally being mentioned in a document that has the prestige, well, prestige, the, the backing and the like, high status that our um, HIV and TB program has. People are really hoping that that means that this gets the 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 ball rolling on this, and whether that means they start to set up the the training manual for long, that could I mean that could be part of it. And I know that researchers in KwaZulu Natal have actually already been testing, um, have already been testing a way to help community health workers and 
primary healthcare nurses to screen people for mental, common mental health issues like anxiety, depression, substance use disorder. And it works. They've already figured out how, how they're going to help nurses. You know, what, what is the organogram that they're going to have against the world to help nurses in a busy setting after they've done the training? And, and um, community health workers will have to be trained as well. So a lot of that stuff is already up and running. But this last one, this last regulation is, is what activists are now really hoping is what's going to happen next. Okay, so if, if these programs, and I think it's very important to engage in some of the things that are currently taking place, which really are aimed at early detection and before early detection addressing behavior, really societal and social behaviors that mitigate the high demand for these healthcare interventions further down the road. I suppose there's a case to be made for that conversation even before or if not before, certainly contemporaneous with this conversation that you and I are having, that seeks to, at any rate, the dispensing of medicine is not the utopia of maintaining good public health. The utopia is behavior. If not behavior, or where there's a flaw in behavior, early detection, what you're suggesting to me now is already taking place in parts of KwaZulu-Natal, as the anecdote suggests. How much of an emphasis and advocacy really is geared towards that, even before we talk about the regulations addressing the migration of dispensing powers of nurses? Well, I think the the one thing that this document does address is that in the, this planning document does address that treating mental health conditions is, is a lot more complicated in the sense than managing an HIV infection because sure. you give someone an, a, a blood test and then you can tell whether, whether or not they're positive or ne- negative. Mental health conditions are much more complicated than that. Um, and also, the, the reason why South Africa has such a high rate of these um, common mental health issues are, are societal and structural problems. Um, and the clinical psychologist I spoke to explained that you're not going to, if someone's feeling depressed or anxious because um, they, don't, they lost their job, they're struggling to care for their family, all that kind of, you, you, I mean, you can give them an antidepressant and they'll, they'll feel a bit better, but you, that's not really going to help in the long term. So this document also has plans to support, um, support small business Small businesses have like a little bit of a broader social support structure as well. Um, so it's a very, very optimistic plan. It, uh, it's, yeah, it's also hugely underfunded at this point. But so it does try to just address quality of life in a way because it has a very, a very clear link to, to, to health. I mean, let's talk about, and this is something which I've just seen late, but I think it's also important to address, if you like, this open, close quote, shortage. Here's something I'm going to quote. Nurses' permission to prescribe and manage ARVs is linked to the facility where the person works when they apply. So they lose their prescribing rights when they move to another client, I mean, to another clinic. Surely that is not practical. I mean... Yeah. Why it's, would I mean, that even be the case? I mean, it's not as if I'm less of a lawyer because I'm in point A and I was than I was in point B. What what sense does it make in this instance? It uh, it doesn't make sense. That seems to be the consensus. It's it's really hamstrung the ability of nurses who are trained to manage um, HIV treatment to 
to kind of help in a meaningful way because nurses often move whether they are moving to a different town or whether they're promoted and they move up to a different facility or something like that. They often move and then they have to either reapply or and get the permission again. So it's already that's also something that's hampered the um, the HIV prescribing um, program mm-hmm. as well. Well, there's clearly a lot to be discussed here. It's just that we don't have enough time. But we would certainly be interested to follow up with yourselves if anything should change here, even though I am minded to think here yeah, there are a lot of teething problems that need to be sorted out, probably even before the promul- or the regulation itself becomes fully rolled out. Because in any event, nothing is going to change by the regulation on its own being made available simply because of the capacity issues associated with the nursing profession from upskills perspective and also just removing these I would suggest unnecessary bars the minute one moves and because I mean it just takes care of such an obvious matter from a backlog perspective. Final comment. Yes, I think I mean I think um in, I think nurses with the right supervision and, and training can definitely help people um manage chronic illnesses. It's just about whether the health department and the can plug the gaps that have been in the health sector for, for really long. Very well. Thank you so much, Joan Fundyke, health journalist and news editor at Begisisa. It's 21 hours, everybody. It's time for news with Ms. Nomalizo Mandela.